Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Uh, we're in Luke chapter number 18. If you'll uh, look there in verse number 15. And they brought unto him also infants. Note that word, infants. That he would touch them. But uh, when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer the little children, infants, 15, little children, 16, to come unto me. Forbid them not. Here it is. For such is the kingdom of God. Now, there's going to be some links in this passage. And we saw one of the first links last week in the passage when the Pharisee who was proud of his righteousness, he trusted that he was righteous and he despised others. God, I thank you that I'm not as other men, as extortioners, adulterers, and uh, as this man, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I have. Uh, and then the contrast is the publican who beat on his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And remember, he said, this man shall be justified. Go to his house. Justified rather than uh, that Pharisee. And so uh, it's the kingdom of God. It's uh, e eternal life, that thread, that theme that weaves through all of these. You have uh, first the Pharisee who is trust trusting his his righteousness, and Christ basically says, uh, with him, uh, it's faith without our righteousness, because all our righteousness uh, is his filthy rags. Uh, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, uh, he saved us. Now, though, uh, it's not the Pharisee, now it's an infant, it's a little child, and of course he uses that phrase in 16, for such is the kingdom of God, such is the kingdom of God, uh, 17, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God uh, as a little child shall in no wise enter therein a childlike faith. And so if you're keeping score in the back of your mind, eventually we'll get to the outline. But uh, the Pharisee shows its faith without our righteousness. Uh, the little child shows that childlike faith, childlike faith, uh, its faith without our works. Boy, an infant, little child, uh, hasn't lived long enough to do any work. Uh, an infant, a little child, uh, hasn't been able to, to stack up all of uh, their works to try to uh, justify themselves with that. And so uh, the Pharisee, it's faith without uh, righteousness, and the little child, it's faith without, without works. And here it is again, 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do to inherit uh, eternal life. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite passages talking about uh, heaven, talking about kingdom of God, talking about uh, eternal life. And I think a lot of times we read our Bibles myoptically. We go from one encounter to a, another interaction to a, another uh, uh, encounter, not realizing that there are some threads of themes that run through them all. And here, uh, it's about heaven. The Pharisee, it's almost uh, pointing to him, saying to the, about the Pharisee, it's, it's faith without our righteousness, without our righteousness. And then uh, that little infant, that little child, it's faith without our, without our, our, our works. And, and then to the rich young ruler who comes running and, and asking, what should I do to inherit eternal life? 
Uh, it's basically our faith without rules. Our faith without rules. Now, keep in mind, 18, look at it. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit uh, eternal life? Uh, the man had the right desire. The right desire. Uh, now, eternal life, two different aspects of that. It's uh, a duration and it's a, a quality. Uh, I'm come to seek and to save that which is lost. Duration, heaven. Uh, but then also, I'm come that they might have life uh, and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, and so not just duration, but also uh, quality. And by the way, uh, you receive both the same way. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. It's not about faith for salvation. Now that we're saved, now it's our righteousness, and, and now it's our works, and, and now it's our rules. Uh, no, you obtain both of those. You receive both of those uh, the same way that we received Christ as our Savior. So uh, this man, he had the right desire. Uh, he came to the right person. Uh, he went to the one that grants uh, eternal life. He come, came to the one that, that, that gives uh, abundant life. He came running his desire. Uh, eternal life ran to the one who could give that. Now, uh, the right desire came to the right person. Uh, he touched on the right topic, the right topic, threading those, linking those, those stories together. Uh, this man shall go down to his house justified, publican, not the Pharisee. And then uh, for the infant, uh, uh, childlike faith, and if not, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And now, uh, this rich young ruler who stated it, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Right topic, but it was the wrong question. Right topic, but he framed it in the wrong way. Uh, okay, Pharisee, publican, talking about eternal life. And now, the infant, the child, talking about eternal life. What shall I do? What shall I do? Uh, what shall I do? To inherit eternal life, what shall I do? Uh, it reminds me a lot of John chapter 6 when it wasn't just the one. Then they said unto him, what shall we do? What shall we do uh, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work, the one singular. This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he has sent that you place your faith in me. Well, you talk about an appropriate song for the service today. Uh, complete in thee, complete in thee. The Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, we're complete in uh, him. And so uh, if you picture it in your mind, he just got done uh, speaking to those that trusted uh, in themselves that they were righteous, despised others. Uh, I'm better than the publican. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not like that man. I'm uh, better than my righteousness. And uh, Christ says it's faith without our righteousness. Uh, and then uh, that infant, that child, uh, that, that receive a, a childlike faith, it's faith without our works, and then he comes running. How can I have uh, eternal life? Look at verse number 19. After he said, good master, good master, what shall I do? Look at 19. And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? None is good, save one that is God. Don't miss this. Boy, this one phrase, uh, there's so much packed into this one phrase. Uh, why callest thou me good? Uh, none is good, save one that is God. 
a couple of things that he's saying. First, he's saying, you're not good. <laughs> and uh, There's none good, no, not one. Uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned, uh, come short of the glory of God. And so uh, the first thing he's saying is, you're not good. The second thing he's saying is, I am God. <laughs> I, I am God. Uh, and so he frames it in such a way, he hits both of those. Uh, and by the way, we have to understand both of those to have eternal life. Uh, we have to understand both of those to, to receive abundant life. And, and so, good master, what shall I do to inherit uh, eternal life? Uh, why callest thou me good? None is good. You're not good. Uh, none is good. And he's going to get to this a little bit more pointedly. Uh, no matter how many rules you keep, you're still not good. Uh, no matter how much righteousness you think you have, uh, you're still not good. There's none good save one. That is God. Verse 20, thou knowest the commandments. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Uh, do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother uh, and he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. Nailed it. <laughs> all these have I kept from my youth up. Uh, a lot like that Pharisee in verse number 11 that trusted that he was righteous. God, I thank you that I'm not an adulterer, extortioner, or like that man. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I have. Uh, a lot like that. Uh, I've kept all of these. I've kept uh, all of these. And Christ knew the direction uh, the answer that he would give before he gave it, uh, and what he was doing was exhausting all other possibilities. Uh, okay, you've kept them perfectly. Uh, okay, you think you've lived uh, righteously. James 2, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Well, no matter how good you think you are, uh, it's actually a detriment to receiving eternal life and living in uh, abundant life. And so Christ wanted to show him, even if you keep them all, uh, wanted to show him, wanted to, to explain to us that uh, even if we keep them all, uh, yet thou lackest one thing, verse 22, yet thou lackest uh, one thing. Well, eternal life, the Pharisee pointing to him, faith without our righteousness. Uh, the kingdom of God, heaven, pointing to that child, it's faith without our works. And now he's putting his finger right on the heart of that rich young ruler. It's faith without our rules. It's faith without our rules. It's a relationship. It's not those. It's a relationship with Christ. It's not that. 22. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto them, said unto him, Yet thou lackest one thing. Yet thou lackest one thing. And I love how uh, the one thing was about eight things. <laughs> and so uh, he says, uh, go, sell, give, come, take up, follow, that one thing. Uh, uh, yet thou lackest one thing, go sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. This is the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, he's putting his finger uh, on one of those pressure points, especially this rich young ruler, uh, to help him realize you still have some things that are blocking. You're relying on your riches. Where there's something that you put in front of me, and I don't have first place, that does. Mark's account says, Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me. 
Christ calls it one thing because anything that takes you away from him, everything that we put in front of him is that one thing that has to be reprioritized, has to be subjugated by our life. For to me to live is Christ. For to me to live is Christ. Boy, he is our relationship with him. Wait, go sell, give. Go sell, give. Get rid of those things that are blocking your ability to trust in me. Follow me. Uh, live for me. Come to me. Focus on me. And for him, it was his possessions. The man wanted eternal life. The man wanted abundant life. Uh, but at best, Christ was second in his life. At best. Uh, probably a lot further than that because he walked away when he was pressed. Uh, and that life that he was wanting, that abundant life that, that he was seeking is found in the Son. Uh, the Bible says that he that hath the Son hath life, Christ, Christ. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly, Christ. It's all about Christ. First John 5.11, God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And so anything that blocks that, uh, everything that takes you away from that, boy, has to go or has to be downgraded, subjugated, Christ to be our one thing. Is anybody following this so far? And so kind of pointing to the Pharisee, it's faith without righteousness. Pointing to the child, it's faith without works. Uh, pointing now to the rich young ruler, it's faith without rules. That's the one thing, Christ, Christ, the gospel, it's all about the gospel. Let's fill in our outline quickly. Number one, put down the examination. The examination. What is it that's keeping us from fully following him? What is it that keeps us from having a closer relationship to him? And you've heard it before. You're as close to Christ as you want to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. It's just so many times we want something else more. Uh, we want something else more. Uh, and we're as close. Look at Mark chapter 10, 21. That account says, Then Jesus beholding him, understanding him, knowing him, discerning him, where the eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding the good and the evil, he knows man's uh, heart. And so he sees past that exterior, he sees past that facade, he sees past that short haircut, that suit and the tie, uh, and he knows, he omnisciently knows, understand, then Jesus discerning him, understanding him said, uh, you're putting your wealth in front of me, you're putting your possessions uh, in front of me, your works, your riches, your rightness, your righteousness. Well, I kind of wonder when Christ looks at us, uh, what he sees about us, what he understands about us. And for us, what would this verse say? Then Jesus, beholding you, loved you, but said unto you, one thing thou lackest, well, you need to quit your job because you're more passionate about it than you are about me. In fact, if it takes that, do that. But better than that, uh, just subjugate it underneath your passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing thou lackest, then uh, beholding you uh, and loving uh, you, but 
uh, said of you, hey, go sell your golf clubs because you're so consumed with that. Uh, you're so consumed with that. Uh, more about that than you are me. Uh, sell the house or give up whatever you need to give up uh, because I don't want second place or a big place. Uh, I don't want third place. I want seek ye first. Seek ye first. Uh, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. It's almost that verse, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, for it's better to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have both eyes uh, and be cast uh, into the lake of fire. It's an extreme statement saying, boy, if there's one thing, if there's anything, uh, any other thing that, that takes your attention from me, boy, get rid of that. Uh, but again, even better than that, just put it in its right place is it wrong to have wealth no unless it's blocking your heart for him is it wrong to be blessed no it's not money that's the root of all evil it's the love of that insatiable desire of that dream house i gotta have that dream house passionate about why the thing that we need to be first and foremost overshadowing everything else should be our passion for the lord jesus christ and so the examination the examination. It's one thing to say, well, I love God. I, I'm serving God. It's a whole nother thing to stand in the omniscient gaze of God and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It, it's interesting, Psalm 139, same tone, same thread, same thing. Uh, the Pharisee, faith without righteousness, it's child, faith without works, and now the rich young ruler, it's faith without your, your rules, and you're really putting riches uh, ahead of me. The examination. Uh, the examination, those eyes that see right through us, see everything uh, about us. Uh, that doctor that's poking around and he hits that sore spot. Uh, he's found that sensitive spot, that it's not supposed to hurt there. It's not supposed to hurt there. Uh, and when the preacher or a Sunday school teacher teaches on sacrifice or commitment or dedication or consecration and we squirm, we get uh, uneasy, we, we recoil at the poking of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, it may be God saying, well, you need to take care of that thing because that thing, you've prioritized it uh, above the main thing. And if we have a heart for God that wants to spend time with and, and be with God, we need to be willing to adjust everything else. And so number one, the examination, that's verse 22. And then uh, number two, write it down, the evacuation, that's verse 23. Uh, the examination, kind of poking, kind of prodding, go, sell, give, follow me. Go, sell, give, follow me. Uh, and then the evacuation, 23. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Mark's account says uh, he went away. Uh, he went away grieved. And so uh, he went away grieved, very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Uh, good master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, and then walking away because uh, I'm still clinging to cash. I'm still relying on riches uh, and all christ was doing is saying 
Boy, it's me plus nothing. Uh, it's me, your heart, your focus. Uh, it needs to be me. Uh, and that rich young ruler walked away, still trusting his cash, still trusting his rules. The Pharisee, still trusting uh, his righteousness. And here, the rich young ruler walking away sad, walking away very sorrowful, for he was very rich. But then number three, quickly, number three. Number one, the examination, verse 22. Number two, uh, the evacuation, verse number 23. Uh, and then number three, in verse 24, the explanation. The explanation. And I really do love these links in that chain of truth, talking about uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Faith without righteousness, Pharisee. Faith without works, infant. Uh, faith without rules, that rich young ruler. And now the explanation, look at it, 24. Uh, and when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Uh, and let me say this. Uh, Mark adds, uh, How hard is it for them that trust in their riches? Clarifies. Mark, trust in their riches. Though, uh, I think that... Um, that publican that realized he was a sinner and realized he had a need was a lot closer to coming to Christ than that Pharisee that thought he had everything covered. Uh, that poor man that's struggling, that, that one that's barely getting by, uh, uh, is, is a lot closer to coming to Christ than that rich man that thinks he has everything squared away, everything taken care of. And so uh, I do think there's disadvantages on that side, uh, but I do like the clarification of Mark where he says, how hard is it for them that trust, that trust uh, in their riches, relying uh, on their riches? And so, uh, if you're trusting your riches is keeping you from Christ, if you're trusting in anything other than, if you're putting it before Christ, uh, look at 26. And so, he hits them with, um, how hard is, is it for those that trust their riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for uh, a camel to go through a needle's eye, 25, uh, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, 26. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Well, if this Pharisee that's a lot more conservative than we are, uh, if this Pharisee that, that rose up in the intertestamental period, also called separatists, they separated from everything, uh, if he's not going to make it, who then can be saved? And then this Rich young ruler that every single commandment, uh, every single rule had all of his T's crossed, all of his I's dotted, uh, and, and he walked away sorrowful. Who then can be saved? 27. And, and he said, the things which are impossible with men, working our way up, uh, being right uh, enough, doing enough works, following enough uh, rules, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. They are possible with God. Well, we can't reach all the way up, but God came all the way down. Christ, pointing back to the relationship again. Christ, uh, pointing back, pointing back. It's about the relationship, not your rules. The relationship, not your rightness. Your relationship, not your uh, works. Come follow me with God. Uh, with God. Basically, Christ was in these three different vignettes uh, showing us that, that anything other than Christ, uh, heaven, salvation, eternal life, anything other than Christ, the abundance of life, 
Well, if you're trying to work your way up any other way, or if you're trying to improve your life any other way, listen, it doesn't get any better than the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Our pleasures forevermore. And when we're in Christ, trusting only Him, boy, that's where satisfaction and joy and fulfillment are. Put down number four. In 22, it's the examination. 23, it's the evacuation. He went away, very sorrowful, very rich. Uh, 24 to 27, the explanation. The explanation, if you're trusting anything other than Christ, uh, how hardly uh, shall a rich man Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And now, at number four, the exclamation. The exclamation. Look at 28. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. Lo, we have left all and followed thee. By the way, that one thing always has two parts. Uh, we've left all and we followed thee. That one thing. Repentance always has two parts. Separation always has two parts. Uh, I, I think one of the challenges is we always emphasize uh, uh, the secondary part uh, rather than emphasizing the main part. Uh, well, you need to separate from, you need to repent of, you, you need to separate from, uh, you need to repent of. Uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, separated unto the gospel of God. Well, he repented of the life that he was living. He repented to the life that Christ had for him. Uh, leaving whatever's obstructing and cleaving to the one who gives life and gives it more abundantly. Acts 20:21, 20, repentance toward God. Acts 26:20, 20, repent and turn to God. 2 Corinthians 7:10, repentance to salvation. Hebrews 6:1, repentance from dead works and faith toward. God, this rich young ruler, clinging to, relying on, for that abundant life, uh, the quality of his life, uh, eternal life, uh, all about the possessions. Uh, and Christ poked him in that one place where he couldn't let go. Boy, it's always two parts. Repent from, repent to. Uh, and he left all, he left all uh, to follow him, not, not this rich young ruler. Boy, we need to be willing to. This rich young ruler wouldn't follow Christ at all because he would not leave anything. Put down number five. Number five. Uh, the exclamation, the exclamation, and number five, the estimation. The estimation. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man, after Peter said, Hey, we've done that. We've done that. Uh, uh, Peter said, uh, We've left all and followed thee. And, and then... At 29, he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake to God, for the kingdom of God, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time uh, and in the world to come life uh, everlasting. I think we've mixed up um, some of our founding father's statements. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness uh, has become life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. And uh, I don't think you find happiness by pursuing happiness. Whoso findeth his life shall lose it. Uh, whoso 
shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall find it. Uh, Mark 10.30, but he shall receive a hundredfold. Uh, now in this time, houses and brethren, sisters and, and mothers, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. He sets the solitary in families. He gives us a bigger family, the family of God. Uh, and so uh, the uh, estimation is, uh, yes, you're leaving that as far as your number one priority and following him, but when you follow him, boy, it's a life you'll never regret. Uh, it's a life that you'll never, man, I, maybe I should have done this rather than this. Boy, following Christ, following Christ, uh, leaving this for Christ's sake, to spend time with Christ, to be with Christ, whether it's money or possessions or preoccupations, anything that keeps us from fully following uh, him. Basically, uh, the Lord said, hey, if you take care of my business, I will take care of your business. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you're seeking wealth uh, above strengthening your relationship with Christ, uh, you'll actually get neither. Or worse, you'll get wealth and it'll harden your passion to live like that. I, I think sometimes we, we succeed miserably. We succeed miserably because we're succeeding in the wrong things. Boy, Christ is our life. Christ is all and in all. For to me to live, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I hope the, the bigger approach to these three different passages, the Pharisee, it should be faith without righteousness, the publican. Faith without righteousness. The child, faith without works. Boy, he didn't have a chance to do any of that. A childlike faith. And now the rich young ruler it's a faith without rules, without rules, a faith in Christ uh, apart from. Don't rely on anything other than. By the way, uh, that's where we become disheartened when, well, Lord, I prayed. Uh, I went to church. Uh, I lived for you. Why this? Why this? Well, it's telling that we were, we were relying uh, on the wrong thing. We were relying on the wrong thing. Well, I deserve, I deserve because I did. Uh, you're not really putting Christ first. You're not serving him. You're serving what you get from him. And so let's step back or out of this passage, but let's just shore up the fact that tomorrow morning it's Christ. By reading your Bible and praying, living for the Lord, pointing people, testifying uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. When people look at our lives and what we're passionate about, boy, it should be one word. It should be Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.